I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Would have put the milk in first, but... Merry Christmas, Tane. Merry Christmas. Here we are again in Kobo Tea Room on the west coast of Guernsey. What are we doing here? What are we doing here? It's a good question. Well, I mean, after the croissant debacle of uh, the last normal episode of the year, you've actually got a scone lined up with jam and cream. What's your, what's your thinking there? Are you going to do it now or...? Yeah, I didn't really think that through, did I? I should have, I should have mid pod snack. I should have spread the jam and cream before we started the podcast. Isn't that's it? a big error. This is a nightmare. I'm Huge error in judgment. <laughs> I have to do it halfway through. Um, yeah, this so, is yeah. becoming something of an annual tradition, isn't it? Our bonus Christmas Day episode um, here at Kobe Tea Room. Definitely the thing you're most excited about of the year when it comes to the podcast. Definitely. Like well, whenever I, you know, whenever we talk about recording podcasts, you're always like, yeah, well, you know, got a lot on at the moment, and then. As soon as I say, do you want to go to the tea room and record a podcast? You're like, mate, I'm free tomorrow. <laughs> what time? Yeah, true. Uh, yeah, it's got a certain appeal. <laughs> Although, I mean, yeah, we've probably mentioned, you know, we've been in a sort of fairly fortunate situation in Guernsey uh, over the course of what's been a, a yeah, difficult year worldwide. But um, I'm arriving at Christmas Day having kind of gorged on way too much food and drink over the last couple of weeks yes yeah, so we so are I'm, I've, I've, I've rejected cake today for the first time ever i think my jaw hit the floor when you came back from the counter with a scone for me a pasta tea and nothing for you i couldn't believe it actually made i felt slightly queasy looking at the, the cake selection you were saying on the way here because yeah for, for anyone who's not aware we are as you say we're in an incredibly lucky position here in guernsey we are uh, the island is effectively covid free at the moment and has been for six months and you we're saying, so you, you're off on holiday at the moment, like you're not at work for these couple of weeks. And you're saying on the way here, like, you'd think being in that situation, being in the lucky situation we are, it's an opportunity to, you know, go and do the, all the sorts of amazing things that the rest of the world can't do at the moment and would love to do. But actually what you're doing is just getting <laughs> absolutely steaming every night. Mm. <laughs> well, um, but yeah, you know, here we are in a, in a tea room chats and crickets so hey it's uh so yeah as bad. i say i mean it is it's become something of a tradition these tea room episodes on christmas day and um uh you know it's a very special episode a because they're scones and b because we we pick a team we pick a kind of comp- well what you might describe as a composite 11 uh so what two years ago we were reminiscing on the way here two years ago we did the post atherton world 11 like a test match 11 last year we did the team of the decade 
what are we doing this year, Tony? Well, I think we're, we're, we're going back to familiar territory of the post after the 11. Yeah. Um, going this back time. to well-worn territory that we've probably done <laughs> yeah. before. <laughs> over the course we've almost of, certainly done a sport. Over the course of the last 12 years. Yeah. It will not be the same team. Oh, not at all. Not even slightly. Yeah, we know, we're, we're back to post-Atherton, uh, this time around an ODI 11. A post-Atherton ODI 11. So for the benefit of people who inexplicably don't know what we mean when we say post-Atherton, that's a phrase uh, to refer to the fact that you and I uh, kind of started watching cricket or sort of became aware, became conscious of cricket in around 1993, 1994 when Michael Atherton was the captain of the England cricket team. So we kind of consider the Atherton era to be sort of our era where we speak with like real authority on. But anything before that... Real authority. <laughs> unwavering authority. Anything pre-93, 94 is at best hazy. Um, you know, that's cricket that we didn't see. So... Like we were talking about this on the way here, because obviously with the when we when we pick a test eleven, like makes a lot of sense to do that post Atherton. You know, I, I just don't. It's it's always bugs me a bit when people try and pick all time test elevens and they're picking like you know Sydney Barnes and you know people from the fifties and the eighteen nineties and you know it just it, it's a bit silly really. You're just picking people that you've only ever read about, you've not even seen clips of. But with ODIs, it's a bit different because well, ODI go goes back to when tone the 70s yeah so it's not that long before and actually if we did attempt to pick an all-time odi 11 it may not be that different to the post atherton odi 11 that we pick but you would definitely have people in there like viv richards and joel garner and i don't know to me it just feels a little bit fraudulent for me to pick a team with them in because i just didn't see them play I've yeah seen, absolutely i've seen footage but I didn't see them play. So to pick them over, whoever it might be, Ricky Ponting, just doesn't sit right with me. Yeah, quite. And when you look at you know, those first couple of World Cups, which were won by the West Indies, as you say, kind of spearheaded by Viv Richards and, and the kind of you know, the great players of, of that era. Um, yeah, well, I, think it, I think it's right for us just to part that and, and just stick to what we know. I think we are right, <laughs> yeah. a- again. Yet again, Christmas comes around. And I think, yeah, we've been right about a lot of things this year. Right, I'm going to saw my scone in half and spread good, some... Good thinking, good thinking. Jam first. I'm a jam first, cream second man. What about you? Or are you just not a scone uh, man? I'm just not a massive scone fan, really. But I am, I am starting to think a bit more strongly about the, the Vicky sponge now. That did not take a look. All right, okay, let's get, get it. Done, Jam's not very viscous today. <laughs> Shall I go and complain? Let's do your best. Work with what you've got. It's more like a jelly. Unusual because it's normally very viscous here. That's my uh, my TripAdvisor wow. review of this place. Viscous jam, five stars. Are you happy? Yeah. So we get. I didn't actually bring a pen. I might have to do this on my phone. So we're going to do this Sky Sports style again, where we both give our teams as we go, and then, and then you we're going to yield to my selection, <laughs> and then we end up just going with your team, <laughs> no, and then we end up with one combined yeah, like World Cricket Show 11 so we need to kind of argue it out just to set the scene I've got um, my team on an iPad you know with just you know all the stats a world of stats at my fingertips Adam has typed and printed out his team <laughs> on, a, on a sheet of A4 it's so 90s isn't it I faxed it over I mean um, it's very much it just represents you know the technological spread of the Athenaeum as well anyway right come on let's dig in alright anyway okay so let's start let's begin at the beginning, shall we, with the openers? Do you want to give me your two openers? Actually, just <laughs> interrupting myself, 
what is the balance of your team and what position is your wicketkeeper batting? Because that could make a difference to the way we unveil yeah, these, interesting. these teams. Well, I mean, I don't think that there can be any debate about number one, and that's where my keeper is as well. Okay, so ditto. So I think we're kind of giving the game away there. But So yeah. I've got five, five batsmen plus a wicketkeeper and an all-rounder in my top seven with the wicketkeeper as one of my two openers. So that's fine. So we can go. We can both reveal our openers at the same time. Then shall we say? Well, I've got yeah. I've got six batsmen, two all rounders, three out and out bowlers. Okay. Well, let's. Okay, we can do the openers though because we know who that's going to be. So start with number one. So we'll reveal at the same time. Three, two, one. Gilchrist just got it. I know. Um, (laughs) Yeah, it's got to be Adam Gilchrist. Adam. There's no way Adam Gilchrist doesn't get into that side. Yeah. Although, just to play devil's advocate, I did. I did wonder about it because. I think a lot of people, a lot of Indian listeners might take your, take issue with what you said there, saying because if you look at MS Dhoni, so MS Dhoni, so MS Dhoni would be the other kind of you know major candidate for that wicketkeeper role, and he has a quite a significantly better average than Adam Gilchrist, and obviously is sort of um, renowned as you know one of the great chasers of all time, one of the great finishers of all time. So, do you think it's definitely clear cut, Gilchrist over Dhoni? Well, I mean, I think there's no debate. Well, when I when I put together my team, I've got a few, there's two or three players who maybe you won't have, but I wanted to have because they're they're the players I'd want to see playing. But in terms of like winning teams or teams, you know, to produce a, a winning outcome, it's it's hard to look past. Obviously, the, the Australian, you know, the Aust- Australians just dominated ODI cricket in the post afternoon era, didn't they? Was it three of you know three of four World Cups? Sorry, four out of five World Cups um, won. But I think. You know, that, the great side, like, spearheaded by Gilchrist. I don't know. I just don't think there's room for, for Dhoni. There's no, well, there's definitely no room for Dhoni on my side. Because <laughs> he's not the game weight. But also, like, I, clearly he is enormously popular in India. But, you know, I've got, another, I've got a couple of other Indian players in there who equally can't miss out. So, you know, you can't have them all. You think it would be disproportionate to have too many Indians compared to too many Australians, given that they dominated? Yeah, I think so, yeah. Oh, I'm eating scone, which is... I'm also just not that much of a fan of Dhoni. He's, you know, he's obviously a very, very, very good player and is responsible for some unbelievable moments for Indian cricket. But I don't know. Just not for you. It's not for you. Just no, it's not. I just don't want him there. Don't want I him know what you side. mean. I mean, as I say, if you look at, if you just look at the stats, so Dhoni averaged fifty. I think fifty point six. In ODI cricket, Gilchrist averaged 35. So there's quite a significant difference there. But then that being said, Dhoni batted lower down the order, you know, five, six, seven, Gilchrist at the top, which in white ball cricket does make quite a big difference. I mean, I, I think just in terms of the numbers, I think there's quite a strong case for going with Dhoni, actually. But I just, I just can't pick a, a, a white ball team, you know, kind of like all-time or, you know, post some white ball team without Adam Gilchrist as my wicketkeeper. So, yeah, 16 ODI hundreds and all of them in wins which is quite an interesting stat. And obviously then, as you say, Australia won, what was it, four out of five World Cups? Well, and, and he opened batting in three straight finals and they won them all. Yeah, and scored 250s and 100, including like one of the great ODI innings of all time um, in 2007. So despite those numbers, I still think it's a bit of a no-brainer. So, so we're going with Gilchrist at the top. And who have you got as his opening partner? I'm going to have Tendulkar in there. This is quite boring so far because yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've got the same. I just well, Sergeant I mean, Tendulkar. when you look at the, the players available, it is 
you know, yeah, right hand, left hand combo. You know, you, you send those two out to to, to face off. I mean, um, that is frightening. Yeah, I mean, it, yeah, it's it's Rolls Royce stuff. So Tendulkar, most runs in ODI history, most hundreds, forty nine hundreds, about four thousand more runs than anyone else. Do you think it's sort of slightly? Maybe it's just me. Do you think it's sort of slightly un unremembered that he was an opener in ODI mm. cricket? So when I was thinking about who his partner could be, my immediate thought was. You know, the, the, the names that were kind of flashing through my mind as I lay there, <laughs> <laughs> lay there um, eyes wide open in the, in the darkness, were, were people like Sabag, yeah. Hayden, etc., etc. et, cetera, et cetera. Gale, actually, Yeah, Chris Gale, even Dilshan, people like that. But Tendulkar, yeah, the list goes on. Um, Ian Bell. <laughs> yeah. um, but Tendulkar, 45 of his 49 ODI hundreds came as an opener. So he just, he was an opener <laughs> in ODI cricket, but it's kind of, I don't know, it yeah. just doesn't, I don't automatically think of him as being an opener. But anyway, maybe that's me, maybe, maybe Indian fans do. Um, but yeah, obviously also first man to score a double hundred in ODIs. I don't think anyone listening to this is going to be like, mm, I don't know, I don't know if I go with Tendulkar, it's just he's first name on the team sheet, isn't he? Yeah. Or second, second. in our game. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so we've got Tendulkar and Gilchrist as, as the yeah, openers. This that is, this was is quite easy. Nice me. and easy so far. So, okay, your middle order then. So three to six for me are all batsmen, just frontline batsmen. Yeah. Same for you? Yeah. Should we do three and four first? Have you got a three and four? Three and four, Coley, Ponting. Um, what have you got? Coley, Ponting. I've got, no, I've got... Ponting, Coley. Ponting, Coley. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I, I, again, I just don't think there's any arguments there. Really. I think there's going to be arguments lower down the order, but yeah. I think so far it's it's pretty clear cut, isn't it? I get, yeah, again, like Ponting, you know, a key part of the greatest one day team of the era, scored a ludicrous number of runs, brilliant fielder, was it responsible for the most runouts in ODI cricket? He's my skipper as well. I just, I, there's no issues there. 30 centuries. Yeah. So he's, I think, third on the list, and certainly third in the runs chart and then Cody is when you think about it kind of unbelievably we sort of take it for granted at the moment but but when he retired I think people thought it was unlikely that anyone would ever get close to Sachin's numbers but but Cody is rapidly closing in and he will go past him he will end up with more runs and more hundreds he's, he's going he got six fewer hundreds than Sachin in almost 200 fewer matches which is absolutely bonkers yeah um, and he averages 59 <laughs> And the only ones who get even remotely close to that average are Michael Bevan and A.B. de Villiers with 53. No one else is even on the same planet. So, yeah, I think it's yeah very hard to argue with him being in the team. And I was about to say he might be the first name on the team sheet, but I've already said that <laughs> about two of the other three players we've named. Yeah, his, his stats are unbelievable. And, and also his strike rate as well for those runs is better than anyone in the top 15. Yeah, you have to get down to de Villiers. Did you say that already? No. no, you just revealed you weren't listening, though, so that's good. <laughs> so straightforward so far. Mm. What about five and six? I apologise to listeners who don't like when people eat on podcasts, because I'm definitely eating. But hang on, are you, are you sending Cody and are you, are you sending Ponting in th- three? Mm. Yeah, I'll, I'll give you that in exchange for. I mean, they're they're both number threes, aren't they? But yeah. I, uh, Cody to me just fe- it just feels a bit more. Ponting at four just doesn't. Doesn't sit doesn't right with you. me. Yeah, yeah. It just makes me makes me anxious. <laughs> it makes me start sweating. But um, you okay, know, so it's a pretty tasty top four mm. so far. Five six. So I've got A.B. de Villiers at five, and I've got Kumar Sangakara at six. Interesting. I've got 
Kevin Peterson at five. Wow, okay, I wasn't expecting that. A.B. De Villiers at six. Wow. De Villiers at six, I mean, that's a luxury. Talk about luxury players. Yeah, it's a bit of a joke, really. So, I, so no place for Sangakara? No. I know people adore Sangakara. Well, hang on, let's talk about De Villiers first and then we can argue it out okay. over Peterson and Sangakara. So, yeah, De Villiers is another, I another, think, lock. An, yeah. another very obvious pick. As I just mentioned, average of, of 53. Got the fastest ODI century as well, off just 31 balls back in January 2015 against Western East. I'm sure you remember that time. Uh, remarkable moment, you know, in the, in the pink kit. Really kind of iconic innings. Anything you want to say about him or are you just, you're just happy that that's, there's just no debate? I just, yeah, I just don't think that anything needs to be said. No, I know. I mean, it, just in terms of just out... I mean, the, the, we're kind of getting slightly more used to it, but yeah, uh, his style of batting in terms of, you know, players being able to do things that almost shouldn't work. Um, he was very much head of the game in that sense, wasn't mm-hmm. he? And, uh, and kind of opened people's eyes, I think, to what's possible as a, as a, a white ball batsman. <laughs> Before you said that, I was thinking that you were quoting one of our iTunes reviews. <laughs> but, yeah, opened um, people's eyes to what's possible. Just, like, ludicrous technical ability. Yeah, and the kind of the, the array of strokes, like the 360-degree um, arc that he could hit the ball in or manoeuvre the ball in other players were developing that at the same time but he really kind of took it to the next level didn't he and there's just no debate um, so yeah I think he's an absolute lock and he's obviously a gun fielder as well so 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 far one to five we're content although you want to the other six but you know I mean, five or yeah, six not... batsmen we're, we're in agreement so th- this is our first um, argument our first confrontation well I mean Peterson v Sangakara I feel like he's second on the runs list only yeah. behind Tendulkar, 25 centuries as well. Arguably got better and better in his old age. And he's a, the way he bats is just so graceful and, mm, and beautiful, aesthetically pleasing. So make your case for KP then. But I think, I think in terms of Coley and Ponting, we've got a couple of bats. And Tendulkar, we've got, you know, we've got batsmen in that mould that may be slightly more orthodox. For, Pete, for me, for Peterson, and you know, obviously people from other countries will have their own players who gave them hope, I suppose, when they, when they arrived on the scene. But I think Peterson might be my favourite batsman of all time to watch when he was in his pomp. And he, he obviously, like, his stats aren't that impressive overall. He failed quite a lot. But mm. when he was at his best, I don't think there's anyone as enjoyable to watch as, as kind of dominant at the crease. You know, when he arrived on the scene for England, he, I mean, he basically changed English cricket, just the mentality... And, and, you know, what he did in those early days was, was, was ridiculous. So, yeah. Yeah. Maybe I have a... Maybe I'm, like, slightly um, unfair on him in, in terms of, like, the way I think about him now because I do sort of feel like he'd slightly under-delivered in his career overall. Like, he really could have been, like, an all-time great. He had all the talent to be in the top four or five batsmen of all time up there with Richards and Tendulkar and, and Lara, etc. But actually, for me, he's like probably in the top 25, maybe 20 of this era, you know, of the post-Atherton era, but probably no more than that. And he arguably never quite, you know, recaptured the heights that he hit when he first came onto the scene. Like, arguably, his peak was... Yeah. ..when he first came into the, scene, into the team. And at that point, you thought, well, how good is this guy going to get... And he possibly didn't get any better. Although that being said, he obviously played those like unbelievable, you know, historic innings in Colombo and Headingley, etc. Much later on. But in terms of consistency and stuff, it just never quite happened in the way that we perhaps hoped 
and expected it would when he first burst onto the scene. Um, but that is a little bit unfair because he still produced, as I say, like all-time great innings, and he should be judged. His career should be judged on its own terms, not against some like imagined version of him that I had when I was 18. And he, you know, yeah. and he appeared, and I thought he was the answer to all my. Yeah, no, statistically, he would be an outlier in this now batting lineup because he just didn't produce anything like the sort of numbers that that the others did there. But he'd still be the one I'd be looking at. I'd probably be like, let's just get Divides in and out so that Peterson can get to the crease, <laughs> which is possibly a bit dismissive. But no, I, I, just, yeah. In well, terms here's the X factor. Also, you know, this post-Athen ODI 11 that's going to tour the world and play for the next 10 years, you know, it's another chance for him. <laughs> that's true. Did, did people not realise that, yeah, we've got like a bank of phones here at the end of this. We're going to get, got, get on the line to all of them and... We've got a full schedule of fixtures for them to play. <laughs> we've, been, we've been finessing the schedule. Kevin, yeah, it's Tony again. Good news. You're in. Here's a question for you. The, the England 2019 World Cup winning batting lineup: Roy, Bairstow, Root, Morgan, Stokes, Butler. Who would Peterson replace in that for you? Would Peterson get in it? Presumably yes, if you're picking him in a post-Atherton team. Yes, it's a good question. How would you get him in there? Peak Peterson. You know, it's a very good question. I mean, also, if you were to take the whole, you look at it, look at it you know, in the whole, you know, Peterson is exactly the sort of person you wouldn't have wanted in that lineup. <laughs> you know, sort of Morgan's in the dressing you know, room. Yeah, um, the unity. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. The team, the team sort of kinship and the. Mm. Uh, whereas cause Peterson was arguably responsible for destroying <laughs> more dressing rooms than he'd had hot dinners. Um, but yeah, I think you'd, I think if he was just arriving on the seat, or if he was a I don't know, in a similar position to Archer, say, uh, and had qualified for England at a similar time, I think you'd have had to get him in the side somewhere. Mm. You, the, the question you want to answer is where? Yeah, I just, I, I think you would have to pick him, wouldn't you? But I, I actually don't know who you'd leave out. It couldn't be Morgan as the captain. It might have to be Bairstow. I mean, that is harsh. Mm. That is harsh. It's hard to see. I mean, you're obviously not going to leave out Stokes or Butler because they they're all-rounders. You're not going to leave or out Morgan, Morgan the captain. Can I mean, you leave out Root, Root? You could probably leave out Root. Wow. Play Peterson three. Anyway, that's not what we're here to discuss. We're, we're something to come back to, but just a, an interesting thought experiment. And yet another interesting thought experiment posed by me. Well, I mean, it is interesting. Thanks. Well, we're, yeah. Well, so let's we'll move on. Cut, well, well, yeah, we'll, I'll make this point at the end, perhaps. <laughs> yeah. You probably won't. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. <laughs> um, well, should we come back to this? Yeah, then, yeah. I think we need to look at it all. It, yeah, it depends. 
I think there's going to be some more arguments now. So, so have you, who have you got at seven, an all-rounder? I've got Benjamin Stokes at wow. seven. England biased. Hey, this is disgraceful. Is... Peterson Stokes. England biased. <laughs> yeah, I, I think you can make a strong case for Stokes, if only on the basis of the 2019 World Cup final. But I'm sure you're going to say more. But I've, I've gone for Shakib al-Hassan. 6,000 runs at 37, 260 wickets at 30. Like, just statistically, in terms of genuine all-rounders, you know, he may, he may well be the best in this era and does get forgotten a lot. And it, That's it, fair. I'm sure we talked about it at the time, but in the 2019 World Cup, there did seem to be a thing of people going like, you know, because when he, particularly at the start of the tournament, he was performing so well and people were like, wow, Shakib, yeah, Shakib's quite a good player, isn't it? It's like, yeah, he's been around for 12 yeah. years and he's been the best all-rounder in the world all through that time. But still, people... <laughs> no, I think that's a good point. So I wasn't looking for another spinner. So I needed, I needed a pace, you know, I needed a fast all-rounder. And I, don't know, I mean, I've tried to balance stats with uh, the more intangible kind of stuff and, and, and try to balance the era. Because obviously Stokes, you know, if you just say it's the people who've accumulated the most stats, then you're sort of slightly skewing towards... Yeah, it's not all the kind of stats. late, you know, the sort of 90s, 2000s, really... Um, well, hence the printout, yeah, yeah, the fax machine. Okay, the nineties, but um, <laughs> but I think Stokes. Fun. I think Stokes has already done enough, possibly to to justify selection here. You can hear my confidence. <laughs> <laughs> and again, he's also a gun fielder. So yeah, you know, it does as, make as, a difference. Yeah, as a you know, if you look down my lineup, you know, there's no real weaknesses here. I suppose you could argue, like, if we were, if they were both in the squad. And we were actually, you know, we were going to play a match tomorrow. And somehow you were the coach <laughs> of this team. Then it would just depend on where it was, you know, the conditions, yeah, things, whether you want two spinners or, or four quicks. If I give you Stokes, will you give me Sangakara? Bartering now. Or would you prefer the other way around? I probably, uh, tough. I mean, Stokes will end up being in the post-Atherton ODI 11 at some point if we revisit this in 10 years. I'm sure we will. You think? As long as we do it in the tea room, I'm yeah, sure you'll sure. be up for it. Um, so, yeah, I'd, be ha- I'd probably for now be happy to take Peterson and Shakib. Okay, let's do that then. So, Peterson at five, Davilius at six, Shakib at seven. I mean, that is a strong batting lineup, isn't it? Right, so moving on then to the bowlers. I know this isn't the batting order, but should we start with the spinner? I mean, it might not necessarily be the batting order. Should we start with a spinner and then do the three quicks? So who have you, well, I'm, oh, is that not what you've got? That's not what I've got. Okay, what have you got? I, I'd 100% have... You've blown my mind. I'd here, 100% have a 3D in, <laughs> in the lineup. You've got to, surely. <laughs> I should have known. Yeah, yeah I mean... I should have known. Is Abdul Razak in here too? <laughs> no, Razak. No, I'd have, a, I'd have a 3D for sure. Okay, a 3D I mean, just like, I mean, Obviously, you know... A complete, lud- a ludicrous cricketer, really. Just for box office, show business. Yeah, like, could... Do you want another cup of tea, by the way? Yeah, could go big. Milk Could first. go south. But, you know, offers a bit of everything. Offers a bit of just carnage. And to be fair, his... And, and you know... Oh, that's just water, Mate, what's it? going on there? It's an absolute disaster, <laughs> this tea. Let me just get a photo just, of this. <laughs> just poured it. <laughs> that's a shocker. <laughs> I accidentally poured the hot water. We've got a separate pot of hot water. I don't know like if you're familiar with tea British pot. tea, but Adam's uh, doing a very good job. Milk, milk, then hot water. <laughs> it's an absolute joke. It's like that video that went around. Yeah. That, that, that video that went viral. That look good for you? 
Perfect, mate. I suppose the only benefit of getting the milk in first is that you don't have to stir, do you, then? Yeah, so going back to Afridi, yeah, if you do look at his numbers, he is in the, I don't know, I haven't got them in front of me, but he's in the top 20 of runs and wickets, largely because he played so many matches. Yeah. His averages aren't that amazing, but, but he, was, he was prolific. Yeah, and, and just the, the utter, probably, I was going to say, the fear that would be instilled in the, uh, uh, you know, in the opposition side. You know, they've just they've got rid of Peterson and Davilias and Stokes and then Boom Boom walks out. Do you think the Boom Boom thing though is like partly a product of the era? It was a bit of a nineties throwback. Because actually if he turned up now, you'd be like, Well, it's just another he wouldn't be that impressive. He'd just be like well, he's like Sam Billings or someone. It's like Yeah, he's a good player. Do you think? Or is that probably fair that he he was more of an outlier then? Mm. I do think though that he he he's with no disrespect to Sam Billings, but he is, you know, as a sort of physical character and a, a kind of, you know, an icon. He, there's more about him. There's more of an aura, I think, with 3D. And you know, obviously, you know, his bowling was incredibly effective. You know, I think, yeah, you know, I think he'd be a, he's an imposing character uh, and would would impose himself on any cricket field. I think. Okay. Well, I'm probably not going to let you have that, but it's, I'm glad. <laughs> I'm glad that you have made a case at least. But let's see. So have you got another spinner, or is he your spinner? I've got Murley. Okay, so yeah, I've got Murley as well, because it, you just can't yeah. not pick him. I, w- I was about to say you're mad, <laughs> because I thought you had got for a 3D over Murley as your spinner. But yeah, 534 ODI wickets at 23. That is, you know, top of the charts. Pretty hard to argue with that. Almost 250 more wickets than Shane Warne. You know, obviously, the, I think we, we did pick Warne in our test version of this. That's always, that's forever, that's going to be a debate. Are you Warren? Are you Murley? It's incredibly close. In ODI cricket, it's not that close. I mean, albeit Murley played a lot more matches than Warren, and, you know, their averages weren't too dissimilar, but, you know, I, I think it's just pretty clear-cut in ODIs um, that, you'd, that you'd have Murley over Warren. Yeah, and I think, you know, we've got... Well, certainly in my side, you know, had a few. there's a few Aussies in there. Uh, he's the only Sri Lankan player. Obviously, you know, played a significant part in Sri Lanka's World Cup win. And then, you know, over the course of, of many, many years, was, was, you know, just he's an infamous player, isn't he? Mm-hmm. So have you only got two out-and-out quicks yeah. then? So I've got three. Do you want to tell me your two? So my two are Brett Lee. Oh, OK. And Curtly Ambrose. Not at all what I've mm. got. Interesting. So my three are Glenn McGrath, Wassi Makram and Sean Pollock. Interesting. How are we going to decide it's this? Very, it was a great difficulty. So, so McGrath, McGrath has... I the, another scone. I know you're going to say I'm too obsessed with stats, but McGrath has the best average of anyone to play more than 200 ODIs. 22. 381 wickets at 22. Wassi Makram is the only fast bowler to have more than 500 wickets. He and Murali, the only two bowlers to have more than 500 wickets. Uh, he took 502 wickets at an average of 23.5 over a 19-year career. And he took three or more wickets in a game 73 times, which is the most in history. And I just think, you know, talking about intangibles, a bit of left arm swing, I just, you just wouldn't want, I mean, the, the variety in this attack with Murali, with Wasim, a bit of left arm spin with Shaqib, it's a real, it's a complete package there for me. And then you've also <laughs> got, you've got McGrath, unrelenting line length, and then Sean Pollock to come on and nibble the ball around a bit. He took 393 ODI wickets. At 24.5. I feel like he's a bit of a forgotten man. Yeah, I think that's true. In, uh, you know, in, in, in cricketing history. 
despite the fact he's obviously a commentator and quite a prominent figure still, but people don't often kind of uh, reach for Pollock, <laughs> so to speak, when they're talking about kind of great players of the year. And he could bat a bit as well, but, you know, he, he, he was very, very consistent over a long period of time. Was, you've made a strong case there. I mean, I, I, wanted, I wanted a bit of variety. Obviously, I, had, I wanted a Freedy in there. So, uh, with, with, you know, with Lee, I think, you know, as an out-and-out strike bowler, you know, to get you a couple of wickets, you know, at the top of the innings, you know, obviously fearsome pace. Mm. I think the stats, the stats back it up as well. Uh, and then, yeah, alongside him, Curly Ambrose, I wanted a West Indian. I mean, you know, you could argue you could have had Gale, couldn't we, somewhere else. What, in place of Tendulkar or Gilchrist? <laughs> I mean, I'll give you not. Um, but, you know, yeah, Ambrose's figures in the, you know, in the era mm. are very strong. Yeah, I'm just pulling up the stats now. So Ambrose, he's, he's a fair old way down the list in terms of most wickets. He took, he only took, quote, unquote, only took 225. So he's below the likes of Darren Goff, Heath Streak, Kyle Mills. All great players. Abdul Razak, who you could easily have had <laughs> but, in the team. But in terms of he's very average, economical. Um, we're looking that. at 24.12, uh, which is yeah, significantly better than, than any of those that I, that I sort of uh, rather dismissively mentioned. I think in terms of, oh, just look at my team, I think you're the same. I think I look at my team, I just think, wow. That's, <laughs> that's a beautiful balance. I mean, I, I, Lee's up there. Lee's up there in terms of wickets and, and average. I didn't want to have Lee and McGrath. 380 wickets at 23.36, Bradley. And the raw pace, as you say. I mean, you could have arguably had Shoab mm. if you wanted that, you know. You're thinking more like Rasmataz, though, aren't you? There. A Freedy Yeah, yeah exactly. Would, I mean, that would be, would be an absolute Freedy Shoab, Abdul Razak, Ian Bell to open up. <laughs> it's just like... Perfect. Talk about razzle-dazzle. This sort of players now... You could use, you know, sort of Glenn Maxwell would be in that category as well, as mm. someone who perhaps he's not quite, I don't know, he's a cult hero, but you know, not quite there, won't quite mm. get there statistically. I don't know, I'm, I'll, I'll, I'll have Wazim. Okay. And we both we agree on Murali. Yeah. So we've got to decide between McGrath, Ambrose, Pollock, and Afridi. We're going to have two of those. What, my slight concern is if we go with McGrath and Ambrose, I think that's, that's the same bowling attack we picked. For the test case, right, I think. Yeah. Not that there's necessarily anything wrong with that. You know, it does just show they were great bowlers. Yeah. Maybe that is the, the right call. Oh, Brett Lee as well. Sorry, two out I think you've got to have Brett Lee. Okay. <laughs> you've, uh, you've made a strong case there. What, what about if you go Pollock, Wazim, Lee? Pollock, Wazim, Lee, Murali. I'd rather have McGrath than Pollock. I mean, who's, pick, who's picked Sean Pollock here? <laughs> Come on. <laughs> ridiculous. We could, it's, a slight, it's a bit of a weak tail, isn't it? That'd be anything. But you could have Lee at eight, then Wazim and McGrath. And where does a 3D fit into this? He doesn't. Come on. He carries the drinks. Madness. <laughs> um, and who else have we're we left gonna, out? We're going to talk for another 45 minutes and end up with a bowling attack of a 3D show <laughs> and Abdul Razak. <laughs> can I mention some people that we haven't yeah, talked go on, about? Give us, yeah, give us and just see if there's anyone that you think I actually... Can agree on. Let's, let's, you know, let's propel them into the team because I did quickly pick a, a second 11 so my second string team was uh, Jaya Surya and Saeed Anwar Saeed Anwar for a long time of course had the highest ODI score 191 then my all-rounder is at three in Jacques Callis then I had Lara Mahela Jaya Wardner Michael Bevan at six who is someone we didn't really talk about but could have done so again he's up there in terms of average and in terms of the way he uh, changed the game and sort mm. of like defined a role for a long time. Like yeah. people would say, oh, we need someone in the Michael Bevan role as like a finisher. 
and really kind of um, you know pioneered that as a thing. You know, dark cricket. Although we were talking in the most recent episode about whether that's like now redundant or not redundant, but it's like not yeah. so much a thing anymore. Given that the kind of nudging and nerdling middle overs thing isn't quite such a big deal anymore, and everyone just goes you know pedal to the metal the whole way through a, a lot of the time. But yeah, yeah, he, there was almost mythical quality to Bevan, wasn't mm. there? Then MS Stoney as my wicketkeeper, and then so my second string bowling stack is not very similar to yours. I had Warren and then Wakar. Chiminda Vass and Alan Donald didn't mention Ambrose, didn't mention Lee, didn't mention Afridi. Um, just, <laughs> I mean, we all make mistakes. <laughs> <laughs> you certainly do. You certainly oh, look, I mean, Afridi is a real punt. Yeah, we're not having Afridi. Okay, I'm putting my foot down on that. Ambrose, to be fair, ugh, we should have McGrath. Really, mm. can we? What about? Can we have Shawab and McGrath? Where's Shawab <laughs> from? Come on, if we're not having Afridi. <laughs> We can't have Lee and we can't have Lee and McGrath. Okay, because there's too many Aussies. Boring. Okay, so you want to have so you want to have Wasim. You want to have Wasim, Shoaib, and McGrath. Yeah, we do, we probably need Wasim. I think we can rule out Afridi. We can rule out Pollock. Can we rule we, out Ambrose? We're ruling out Ambrose. Yeah. So it's Lee, but you don't want to have Lee if we have McGrath. I don't. Yeah, I don't want two Aussie bowlers. I'm going to write this down. I'm getting confused now. Okay, so we go Wasim. Do you want to have Shoaib? Yeah, we well, neither of us had him, so let's get, let's have him, let's get him in. We've got to have someone. We've got to have one wild card. <laughs> okay, I'd rather have him than Afridi. Okay, so we could go Wasim, Shoaib, McGrath as our three seam bowlers. Yeah. I mean, there is an argument. Again, it depends if you're, if you're sort of you're giving more weighting to statistics and, and weight of numbers than kind of X factor, box office. But I think there is something to be said for Shoah Bakhtar as a sort of still the fastest bowler of all time. Um, yeah, and, yeah in, in, and, and you know, statistically very good, obviously. Fairness, numbers are very good. I'm just looking at them now, yeah. 247 wickets at just a shade under 25. So, you know, not to be sneezed at, certainly. Um, and, and, you know, a big part of the kind of, yeah, the razzmatazz of ODI cricket in the, you know, the 90s and always, the, you know, the, obviously the coloured kits and, uh, and, and, you know, rapid bowling. You know, the big hitting of the 3D. It's the 90s, it was a 3D show, (laughs) blue dabba dee dabba die. It was just a great time. Lots of time to be alive. (laughs) But I I do want want an out and out pace strike baller. Yeah, let's have him. Let's have him. I'm happy with that. Which means, Tone, that our team from top to bottom is Tendulkar and Gilchrist, Ponting, Coley, Peterson, De Villiers, Shakib Ahasan, and then, and I'm not quite sure what we do about the batting order here. But Wasim Akram, Shoei Bakhtar, Glenn McGraw, and Matima Rhythm. I mean, I tell you what, there's a lot of number 11s in there. <laughs> True. <laughs> I'm not sure uh, your modern ODI coach would be too impressed with that tail, but, but very I mean, strong bowling attack. You wouldn't need many runs with that, with that bowling attack, would you say? One possible weakness, only five bowlers, which obviously you only need five bowlers, but there isn't that sixth bowling option. Maybe Peterson could turn his arm over a bit. Virat Cody's been known to yeah. trundle in. But you don't have, you know, where's Paul Collingwood here to come on and bowl a few Debbie Doublers in the middle overs? We didn't talk about Collingwood. I mean, he first name on the team sheet, I'd have thought. Again, you know, it's the, the statistics versus the kind of, you know, the peak performance. Mm-hmm. But, you know, we've said, you know, arguably England's batting lineup last year is as dangerous a batting lineup as we've ever seen. Uh, and none of them have got into this 
Yeah, yeah well, we didn't make the lineup. Didn't really talk about any of them. I mean, maybe if they go on another four, five, six years, you know, who knows, win another World Cup, they might start to enter the conversation. But I think it's it's too early for that yet. Yeah, know, compared to these fair. legends, and they're so, they're nowhere near in terms of runs, centuries, etc. So far. So, what does it mean in terms of a breakdown of, of nationality? We've got um, got three from Australia, two from India, two from Pakistan in. Uh, Shoaib and Wasim, and then we've got one each from England, South Africa, Sri Lanka, and Bangladesh. So no oh, West Indians, no West Indians, no New Zealanders. I mean, that's kind of surprising, actually, isn't it? When you think about it, we didn't mention McCullum. Would he have been in, in the conversation? Um, Daniel Vittori is quite high up, but you know, obviously, quite up in the wickets charts. But obviously, he's not going to dislodge Murali. So yeah, it's, it's hard to be a bit harsh on New Zealand. And also, West, I mean, yeah, we've mentioned some of the West Indies that, that, that might have been there. I mean, it is, does seem churlish not to have Chris Gale in the setup somewhere. <laughs> I mean, you'd want him around, wouldn't you? <laughs> yeah. very, very I don't of, think he'd want to be around. He's a destructive presence <laughs> in addressing yeah. him, for sure. Yeah. Um, and again, as we said at the start, if you were picking an all time team, which we've you know, said we're not qualified to do, but if, if, you know, if someone, someone burst in here now and put a gun to my head and said, pick an all time ODI 11. Um, then you would have Viv Richards and you would have Joel Garner and there'd be others in the conversation too. Um, Brian Lara could easily have been in this team ahead of Peterson, I would say. <laughs> but, um, you know, but I've got I've to throw you a bone every now and again, I suppose, haven't I? Yeah. Um, I mean, I'd pay to watch that team, for sure. Well, you're going to get paid to coach them. Yeah, true. As they travel around the world. <laughs> All right, well, there you All go. Right. Let's go through it one more time. Tendulkar, Gilchrist, Ponting, Coley... Peterson, De Villiers, Shakib, Wasim, Shoaib, McGrath, and Murali. Done, done, and dusted. What a team! What a, what a fantastic piece of thinking. And only one scone consumed. You didn't go and get your Vicky sponge. No, I, I'm just not ready for it. <laughs> <laughs> Listeners should should applaud Tony for coming to do this today when he was absolutely steaming last night. <laughs> oh, well, anyway, Tony, thanks for that. It was Thank good you. Fun. Merry Christmas. And to you. As we mentioned, we've done this the last couple of years, and, and both of those times we actually recorded this episode in November, well ahead of time, super organised. Today is December the 22nd, so we've left it quite late this time. Um, so I can ask you in all sincerity, are you ready for Christmas? Have you done all your shopping? And, you yeah, know, I've sort of done most of it. Yeah, most, of, most think, of it. Well, yeah, I've, I've done enough, I think. I've done, you know, enough it's not the bare minimum. <laughs> <sighs> it's hard. I don't know. Is it hard? It is. I think it is remarkably difficult. We've probably had this conversation before, but arguably the people who get the presents last are the most thoughtful because they've been <laughs> thinking about it for the longest. Have you been thinking about it or what? have you not been thinking about it? I've been like, racking my brain. <laughs> <laughs> well, so when M disappointingly opens the, kind of, the bread bin or something that yeah. I've got a, on uh, Christmas Day, I'll blame you. I'm like, look, I didn't have enough room in, in this noggin to come up with a post Atherton ODI team and decide what's going to get you. And a gift for you. And, you know, something's yeah. got to give. Yeah, exactly. And it's pretty obvious what yeah. that might be. Are you set? Oh, well, yeah, mate. Big time. Have been for a while. But I have, <laughs> I've still got some wrapping up to do. But I'm now off. I've got, just got to work a few hours on Christmas Eve morning. But apart from that, I'm off till January, which is... Uh, Very nice. Well, we, we should get together amazing. and do a proper pod at some point. So yeah, definitely. It's not like there's been not much happening. There's loads to talk about. 36 all out and all that. 
Um, but yeah, maybe let's wait uh, for the Boxing Day test to be played out and then come back and have a chat about that. So lots to look forward to, lots to look forward to in the new year. Um, but yeah, thanks, Tone. You need to give me a lift home now. Thanks for the tea and the scone. Pretty sure I've bought them the last two years. So, you know, if anything, you, you still owe me. But, wow. You know, but thanks. Oh, well, uh, yeah, we'll be even next year. Take care, everyone. Have a good Christmas, and we'll speak to you soon. Yeah, cheery. Bye-bye for now. tend to have more curiosity. They tend to have more resilience. There are stories and mythology that this country has woven around black men. What if everything we've been taught is just all wrong? What's worth more than this fear right now? And that rising after failure is part of the glory of being a human being. Listen to deeply personal, insightful, and thought-provoking stories from the world's leading thinkers and doers. Listen and subscribe to The Unmistakable Creative wherever you get your podcasts.